Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're continuing our conversation about scientific developments and uh, things that of a uh, scientific stripe uh, are, are impressive and are coming from Utah. We're going to shift our attention from the last segment uh, from Brigham Young University, and we're going to move north a bit to the Space Dynamics Lab. Uh, joining me on the program is Alan Thurgood. He is the Division Director of the Civil and Commercial Space Division. Uh, Mr. Thurgood, sir, how are you? Great. The news of Reese of late is that there is an asteroid. It is pretty big. It's named Bennu, and it uh, it has something we want. Uh, t- tell me about this this asteroid. So the asteroid Bennu is actually an asteroid that comes back around close to the Earth about every six years. Uh, right now, it's about 200 million miles away from the Earth. It's a primitive asteroid, which means it is one that has material that they believe came from about four and a half billion years ago when the, the universe was forming. What's the value of that material to us? What can we learn or what do we hope to learn from material on this, uh, on this asteroid? Uh, well, there's a number of things. They want to look uh, for for things like uh, clues as, as to what materials were there, how life could have started forming from materials that were uh, were in the ancient uh, materials that, that the Earth was formed from. Now, you said uh, Bennu is two. How, how far away is it? Uh, right now, it's a little over 200 million miles away from us. And we have a, a probe there now. Yes, the spacecraft was uh, launched on September 2016, and it reached the asteroid in December of 2018. Uh, since then, it's been orbiting around the asteroid, mapping the asteroid surface, uh, looking for for places to actually go in, and, and they have a, uh, a tag arm on the spacecraft that on Tuesday went in and touched the surface for about six seconds and collected some of the material from the surface of the asteroid. In terms of navigation and positioning, you got to have some eyes up in the sky to to pull that off. Uh, there are some onboard cameras, and my understanding is that the Space Dynamics Lab ha- had a hand in putting them together. Can you t- describe those for us? Uh, yes, there's three cameras on the system. There's one that's called Polycam. Uh, it looks at things a long ways away. So as they were approaching the asteroid, they used that to navigate to get up to the asteroid and, and get in orbit around the asteroid. Then the second camera that uh, we built the electronics for is called MapCam, and it was used to extensively map the surface of the asteroid. Turns out when they got there, it was a lot rougher than they had planned on. There was a lot larger boulders and a lot less areas that had fine grain. So they, the mechanism to collect a sample was designed to use uh, to collect on small, kind of like uh, sand-type material, when they got there, there's a lot of big boulders, so they had to be very careful about selecting sites where the mechanism would be able to collect a good sample from. And then the third camera is called SAMCAM or sample camera, and that was the one that actually watched the mechanism as it touched the surface of the asteroid and collected a sample 
uh, it will be used to look at the bottom side of the collection device and try to determine if, if they collected enough material or not. Uh, if they didn't collect enough material, they can uh, have capability to do two more tags on the asteroid uh, while they're still there. So right now they're in the process of determining how much sample was actually collected. And then if they need to, they could do another uh, tag event at a different location. Uh, I think in January would be their next opportunity. The 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 mechanism or the way that they go about determining if enough sample has been collected, uh, as you mentioned, dependent first on the SAM cam, but then there is this uh, procedure where there's a, a spinning of the spacecraft itself. Can you describe that? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the arm that goes from the spacecraft to the sample device is about 11 feet long. And so if they put that arm out to the side of the spacecraft and rotate the spacecraft, they can measure the inertia of the spacecraft. Now, they did this uh, a few days before they did the sampling event earlier this week. And then they used a little bit of fuel in the spacecraft, uh, actually going in, getting up and, and tagging the sample. So now they will compare the results of what it is now with the, the extra mass of the sample that was collected out in the end of that arm. That, so that, that will give me, them an idea of the mass. Yeah. That struck me as so fascinating and, 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 and intuitive. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very rudimentary approach. I mean, obviously you have to get the math exactly, exactly right, and we're talking about math uh, being done, uh, you know, some millions of miles away. But uh, but you just spin it and you measure it. And it's, it's a fascinating thing. Let me, before I let you go, what's it like for you and your team as you see these stages of the mission unfold, knowing uh, that success is dependent on technology you developed? Uh, very exciting. We had one of our people was back at uh, a meeting that they had some of the images in a big uh, IMAP. Uh, uh, projection thing, and uh, she wanted to stand up and, and cheer. It was so exciting. You know, you put a lot of work into getting something right, testing it, doing all of the work on it, and then actually to see it perform and to see beautiful images like we saw come back from this mission makes it all worthwhile. Alan Thurgood with the Space Dynamics Lab. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, even more the work that you have done. And uh, this type of learning I know is invaluable, and hopefully uh, it will do us all uh, a lot of good. Uh, much success in the future. Thanks again. Okay, thank you for your interest. All righty. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about a COVID-19 vaccine, uh, but not in general terms, in specific terms, specifically children. What's the development process right now looking like for a COVID vaccine when it comes to kids? I've got a kid of my own. What can she look forward to? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.